<laughs> Deep woods or otherwise. Yeah. Okay, well, welcome back, folks, to another episode of... Maybe next time. Uh, I am your host, William Blue, with my co-host Simon McCormack. Hello. Um, we have yet again outdone ourselves. We have a fantastic episode in store for you all. Um, lots of Nets news to discuss. But first, Simon. How the heck are you? I'm doing very well, Bill. Very well. Uh, would you care to let our listeners know what you have before you beverage-wise? Sure. I have an ice cold for loco watermelon, <laughs> which I thought was fruit punch, but it's watermelon. Um, How would you know it's watermelon other than having a <laughs> camouflage can? Yeah, it, it. I mean, it does say watermelon. I, I, I. It does actually, in retrospect, look just like a watermelon. It, this was my. This was my mistake. I can't blame for it. It looks that. nothing. Of course, it doesn't look like a watermelon. Well, I mean, those are the colors: green and red, like that color green. Right. I, it's generally not in a camouflage pattern. Right. That's, this is like. Right. This looks like true. a. a, a Regurgitated watermelon. Yes, that's true. Which right, is true. almost that's certainly what they anticipate you doing after the consumption. Right. right. Okay, for loco. It's watermelon vomit and uh, an, a, a piping hot cup of Joe, courtesy of you. Thank and a you. piping hot cup of Joe. I have a bush, which I did not notice <laughs> oh, beforehand, yeah. but this bush has four extra H's after the actual H in its title. Um, so I guess it's telling me to be quiet. Yeah. I, that's, I, that's one take. I have no idea. Oh, it's meant to imply a, a mountain cold, a mountain stream cold. Oh, like, okay. Like the sound of a stream? Stream. Stream? Okay. Anyway. Um, hey, Kochi. Coach's trying to get the four loca. So we had grand ambitions this afternoon. Uh, we got a little bit of inside intel uh, from our friends who work at Smorgasburg that um, Karis Levert was going to be making. <laughs> Sorry, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, was going to be making an appearance at Smorgasburg. Did I, what did I just say while ripping this thing from my dog's mouth? Yeah, he's still got some. I know, he's eating it. Okay, okay. and we're back. Um, so, Karis LeVert was going to be making a surprise appearance at Smorgasburg at 3 p.m. today. We had plans to go up there, catch a sighting of Karis, come back to you, Nets Nation, and report in depth on what... Karis Levert appearing at Smorgasburg looked like. Yes. It was a surprise visit that he had worked out with his people and Smorgasburg. Uh, it's unclear if he was there for promotional purposes or for the Nets or in what capacity he was there. He was there, though. Um, as compelling as this story is, I'll try to <laughs> wrap it up. We did not, in the end, go yeah. to uh, Smorgas. I think it's safe to say that. Safe to say that. But we didn't want to let Nets Nation down by doing nothing Nets-related. So we went to Shorty's, which is a Philly cheesesteak bar and restaurant as very proximate to Barclays Center. Yeah. And then followed that up with even more intense Nets-related activities. Uh-huh. Uh, we hit up the swag shop. Yeah, we went to the swag shop. Our second time in the swag shop. Simon, I feel like you've got a lot, uh, like some hot takes on the swag shop that you'd like to share with us. Oh, sure. Uh, well, one, it although this time it was a bit better, it is for the flagship store. It is the least stocked flagship store I have ever been. Now, some of that is the fact that retail, you know, uh, brick-and-mortar stores are just not, you know... They're not in these days. Yeah. But um, I think a bigger part of it is uh, complete lack of interest. 
um, from folks, even though it's a very fashion-forward brand and they're clearly very interested in having people who don't care about the Nets wearing their clothing. Wouldn't you say that's Yeah, I think that's accurate. Uh, There were four people working in the store. There were two people shopping in the store, and you're listening to those two people (laughs) right now. (laughs) Yeah. But I got a Big J t-shirt. So right. That's exciting. Uh, came away with a Big J, Big J top. Uh, handsome as heck. And also, bafflingly, 10 bucks less than everything else. Yeah. Was that made by Flatbush in Atlantic? No. Okay. No. That was a Nets thing. That was made by the, the woman who um, Net Income has a creepy Twitter oh, back right. and forth with. A flirtation with. Yeah. Um, before we dive deep into the nets, Simon, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? No. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. We can just get right into it. We are going to discuss, to begin today's episode, uh, this is getting pretty meta. We are going to discuss another podcast. Mm-hmm. And... It is the Dunked On podcast. I would say probably for hardcore NBA fans, Dunked On is the third most important um, podcast. Okay. I think it would go Zach Lowe, Woj, and then Dunked On. Really? More than like a like a Bill Simmons anything? Bill Simmons is more – it's not – NBA centric anymore. He does like movies and TV and other cultural things. Yeah, uh, they're unpleasant. Oh, lots of like patriots and stuff like that. Um, So yeah, I would say that it doesn't doesn't escalate to that. Okay, but anyway, so Dunked On podcast. It is a. It has definitely an analytics slant to it. Yeah. And they are going through team by team, uh, breaking down their projections for for each of the 30 NBA teams, uh, usually spending about 30 minutes. I don't think Nets got quite up to 30 mm-hmm. minutes, but some teams get, you know, up to an hour. We got 30, yeah. so maybe 30 Which minutes. is great. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll take, especially in the off season, that was a breath of, of real fresh air. Yeah, no, it was it was great to hear someone outside of uh, the very narrow confines of the Nets universe talking about the Nets. What's up? Sorry, I I was just looking up my notes from this podcast. Oh, okay. in a very distracting way. I apologize. No, no problem. So there were a number of things from the podcast I wanted to dig into with you, uh, but. You, as you just mentioned, have some notes. Do you want to bring something up first? Sure. So one of the things, I, I think this is pretty much my only thing that I that I wanted to discuss, though I'm happy to discuss other things. But they, they talked about several players' um, net rating. Um, I, I have this down, too. Okay. And I think that the two that I... I uh, had down were Levert and Russell. Yes, yes. So that is um, an astounding minus 15.6 net rating when both of those players are on the court, which is really... Uh, so, okay, first for some context... Yeah, I would contextual. The, this is this the, Bears con- contextual. Yeah, the, the Nets are a, on average, like a minus 3.5, I think it was, net rating. The whole team, yeah, as a whole, is, right. is minus three point five. So you're already in the negative. The best you can do is slightly better than that. Sure, um, but yes, fifteen point six in the context of a team that is a minus three point five or something is alarming. Particularly when these are two players who are arguably, you know, maybe Lavert is thought of as like third most Im- most core piece uh, to Jared Allen at, at the second. But, uh, you know, that is super concerning. Um, And I have a theory on that, Bill, that I hope you'll allow me to indulge in just quickly, which is I think that D'Angelo, because another player that he's not great with is uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, which we witnessed is like an Uh eight-something net rating. I think that he does not do well, at least at this point, with uh, other high-usage players. 
Um, so Levert is pretty high usage. He's like 22. D'Angelo himself is like 30. Yeah. I feel like I, I'm just um, uh, Dinwiddie's in the low 20s. Um, so I feel like if the Nets are going to try to see what they can get out of um, um, D'Angelo and and sort of put him in the, the what they think is the most likely f- position for him to succeed, he needs to be around players like Joe Harris, Alan Crabb, Jared Allen, maybe Trevion Graham, um, uh, Ed Davis, players that basically don't touch the ball very much. Right, possibly... Shabazz Napier. Shabazz Napier, right. Who learned who should... how to play around two very, very ball-dominant guys. Right, and, and, and uh, succeed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's my take. Uh, yeah, so the way they framed it was basically talking about the Nets' two highest upside guys, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting that they left out Jared Allen. But mm-hmm. um, each of them having individually over net negative seven, mm-hmm. and then when they're together, over 15. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, pretty alarming from a from a PM perspective, mm-hmm. uh, but not terribly surprising. Hmm. Well, I mean, were you? I, I was surprised at those two on the courts. Together? Negative rating, yes. I mean, at this point, looking into any of those plus-minus wind share stuff with D'Angelo Russell, <laughs> I have, have yeah. put up uh, a thick armored <laughs> shell <laughs> against uh, reacting too strongly to those. Okay. But yeah, that was definitely something that I, I wrote down as well as a uh, one of their many points. They liked the Nets' moves in the offseason. Um, but are pretty uh, down on, you know, them. Basically, they are, they recognize that the Nets don't have the tier of talent requisite to, to create a good team. So there were some things that I, I, I wanted to, to bring up. Yeah. And the first major one uh, is a big question that they asked uh, each other and which I'd like to put to you. Mm-hmm. Will this team be a meritocracy? Hmm. And the big uh, two comparisons um, that they brought up when talking about a meritocracy was D'Angelo versus Dinwiddie and um, Jared Allen versus Ed Davis. Mm -hmm. So why don't you give me your thoughts on that and then maybe I can... I can chime on in. Sure. So I think that, and they sort of alluded to this, but I I think that it will depend on the time of season and how well the season is going. I think at the beginning of the year, they will be all about trying to win. And if that means Jared Allen doesn't play in the fourth quarter, if that means, um, you know, D'Angelo Russell sits during crunch time for, for you know, a game or two or whatever... Um, that will happen, and they'll just, you know, plow ahead um, and just try to accumulate as many wins as they can. I don't know how long that will last. I would say, you know, let's say two months, and then they evaluate, you know, okay, this is really working. Uh Uh, We have a chance at this. Or, like, yikes, none of our players are good. Let's do something else. And then at that point, I think they really will try to evaluate, especially D'Angelo. So you think that early on there's a greater likelihood that it will be a meritocracy? Mm -hmm. Yes. And that as the season progresses, it will become, let's give as many minutes to the people we think have a higher upside. Right. And and that we need to make decisions on in a year. Right. In the offseason. Okay. Uh, Interesting. So I think the... Underlying assumption of this question from these from uh, from their perspective was basically them saying they think in a meritocracy Dinwiddie would play over D'Angelo mm-hmm. and Ed Davis would play over Jared Allen, but they had reservations that because the Nets want to feel these guys out, that likely wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess you're sort of agreeing that in a meritocracy, Spencer Dinwiddie would be better than D'Angelo. No, I don't think that's I don't think that's true. I, I I think that those guys are forgetting the like last 
half or at least last third of the season when Spencer was a real drag. Like, yeah. and in any, any merit, you know, whatever, any meritocracy, any, you know, Kenny Atkinson, whatever, like, D'Angelo started, D'Angelo got more minutes. And Spencer was pretty much, pretty much a drag. Um, so, I mean, so I don't think that's necessarily true. I, I will say at this stage in his very young career, I think that Ed Davis is probably better than Jared Allen. But I don't think that that's a that it's clear cut at all whether Spencer or or and I think D'Angelo is better probably. I don't think that it's probably. I think he definitely is. Spencer did have that flukish, whatever it was, thirty game run when D'Angelo was out, when Jeremy Lin was out. I think Rondé missed some time. I think Lavert missed some time in there. The team w- was desperate, and he did play admittedly very well. And then. As soon as other people started coming back, everything across the board plummeted. Um, probably he's somewhere in between those two things, but even somewhere in between those those highs and lows is, yeah, like a rotation player, but probably just like no better than a backup point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether Davis or Allen is better right now, they're really different players. Um, it's kind of what you're, what you're going for. I think that, um, I don't know enough about Davis to really say who, who I'm, I'm rooting for. Yeah. I mean, as, as limited as Jarrett is, I feel like he's the more offensively talented. I mean, Ed Davis is like highlights Uh are like, it's just him putting back offensive rebounds. Yeah. It's a rebound put back. Um, which is thrilling, yeah, for but, the casual fan. But I do think that, like, if you're gonna, like, it's it's also like Jared Allen is not that good at offense. So I, to me, I think probably it's likely that that Ed Davis, who is a pretty solid defensive player and a, and a good rebounder, right now, is probably a bit better than Jared Allen. Yeah, uh, and I think that you know, like, probably his plus minus numbers and things like that would would suggest that. Um, all right. Next thing I wanted to discuss was a hot, hot take that they had, mm. which was that Dinwiddie will be on the team after this season, whereas D'Angelo Russell will not be on the team after this season. Mm-hmm. Um, judging by your previous comments, I feel like you... At two, Simon. Uh, <laughs> you may... <coughs> be Brutus here. So, I am not I am not as down on D'Angelo nearly as, as these folks. I, I, the only thing that makes me think that they could be right is that I mean, to, ultimately I think that probably our most likely path, first of all, just very quickly, I think our ultimate most likely path is just re-signing D'Angelo, making some claim about core, saying that we're going to get two great pieces in the draft, and spinning that as like a good offseason. So I think that's most likely. So I, I would not actually say that the most likely thing is that Spencer Dinwiddie will be on the team and, and D'Angelo won't be. I, I don't think that, especially because Spencer Dinwiddie has, has solid trade value you could, that you could, I mean, presumably, again, maybe if he, if he plays like he did in the last third of the season, his, his I think value will drop. I think we have missed out on the window in which Spencer Dinwiddie will be seen. Like he still is probably a serviceable backup point guard, but and and his contract is ludicrously small. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that he is going to um, fetch nearly what we could have gotten last season. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. But here here's here's where I think that the the path that I see that is possible where we don't keep D'Angelo and we do keep uh, Dinwiddie is kind of what they talked about, which is the enormous cap hold that um, D'Angelo has uh, on on the books, which is $21 million, Yeah. Which... But we don't have to give him $21 million. No, we don't have to give him $21 million, but but we have to release him if we're going to... If we're going to sign more than one one max player. So... But again, by when do we have to release him? We have to release him before we can sign that max player. Um, we be, to get rid of the cap hold to be able to. So next summer. Yeah. 
So we have until next, the end of the year. Yeah. Okay, that's not a big deal. Um, till till yeah till till could could be early in the summer depending on if they like immediately get two people that they think they're interested in or 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 like it doesn't have to be two maxes but like two very highly paid players uh-huh. cannot you cannot have D'Angelo on your on on your team. Well, with the with the hold, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You but I, s- I imagine that they're going to try. If like at a certain point this season, they're gonna they're gonna make their like I I'm sure that there's. A deadline they've set internally that says we need to we need to make our decision on this, mm. and that they are going to try to sort that out as soon as they can in terms of his contract. And I think they're going to try to go for less than twenty one unless he truly explodes this year. Yeah. So my so my sense is it's possible that because Dinwiddie will very 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 likely cost less next year yeah. than D'Angelo. Um, that's why, and, and D'Angelo has such a big cap hold. That's why. Well, he a hundred percent will cost less. I think that there's like a max that you can sign Dinwiddie to right. that we could. That's, you're totally right. It's like four years, forty-four million right. or something like that. So eleven million. Yeah. So yeah, half yeah. as much, yeah. Right. As as D'Lo. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I am not nearly as high on Dinwiddie, nor nearly as low on. Potential D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this kind of one thing I keep thinking about is w- when I hear people outside of, of Nets Nation, not without cause uh, or reason, um, denigrating D'Lo and saying he's never shown anything. I think the, the podcast that we did where we talked about basically that his season this year when he was a starter versus when he was coming off the bench recovering from an injury. Like, those were, to me, not negligible numbers that he was putting up. Mm -hmm. And actually, that is looks like a good season. Him, just as a starter, um, even post when he started post-injury, he was okay. Pretty good. And, uh, and, and, and put up numbers that I think would be unrealistic to ever assume Spencer Dinwiddie could. Whether it's twice as good uh, will definitely be something they have to think of. But then there's also, like, Ego and Marks, Sean Marks. And he has given up a ton to bring D'Angelo here. They have staked a, – a lot of his reputation is staked on, on having made this move and it – Presumably, you know, working out for us. Um, so I think that there's going to be some of that too, and some of that, like what I'm doing right now, which is like, well, if you squint and look at just these parts of his season or this game or like this particular thing, you can still see that he has all this upside and he could be really good. And maybe he didn't do it this year, but he's a point guard, and that's a position where people take a longer time to mature in the NBA. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And he was hurt. And he was hurt. Mm-hmm. I think I think one thing that could definitely spell the end for him would be another injury-plagued season. I think that is completely – yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that is the biggest – like, that's his floor. His floor is, like, Perennially unplayable yeah. Yeah, or like problem. Yeah, exactly. Guy. Yes, for sure. That is – that is really concerning, and that's the biggest reason why I don't think they will, and I don't think they should sign him to an extension prematurely, just because, like, his knee c- could be fucked. It, you know, right. it might not be, but, like, it's great that we have a whole year to not No, I'm, to I, I think it's great that they haven't, you know, picked up whatever the qualifying thing is already. Mm-hmm. Um, or gone, I'm, I mean, I'm sure that they might have had preliminary conversations about extending him now, uh, but it's definitely he's not going to earn what he thinks he deserves. Right, exactly. And um, the Nets wisely have not gone all in on him. Right. So they're pretty far in, but they're not all in. There is definitely a chance for them to get out, and uh, injuries would probably spell the end. Right. So uh, another thing I wanted to bring up from the show was their take on free agency. Um, Like we've discussed, uh, I guess I'm bringing it up mostly because it validates many of the things we've talked about. They do not see Brooklyn as the destination for uh, Kawhi, a Kyrie, a Kevin Durant, uh, any of these big marquee players. Yeah. They're not coming here. Right. 
Um, and as we've gone on at way too much length, probably, we don't think so either. I, I, but I don't think there's any length long enough, Bill, because we're the only people lengthening it <laughs> in Nets Nation. Right. No, I mean, it, it definitely warrants talking about more, and we will in a moment, because we're going to go through free agency again. Great. Which I, yeah, I love more than anything. So, final thing I want to bring up from that show is uh, their take that um, our 5 through 12 roster, mm-hmm. our bench unit, is superior to our starting 5. Or that compared to our our 5 through 12 is better than other teams. Relatively, our yes. Our, our 1 through not. 5 is not good relative to other 1 through 5s where our 5 through 12... Mm-hmm. Uh, is better than many yeah. other teams. I think that's totally right. I mean, I, I think that's the only thing that if you're trying to del- to delude yourself into thinking we can make the playoffs, that's what you'd have to say is, like, there are, teams face injuries every year. You you know, the East is so bad that, like, one, pl- you know, if, if uh, Kimball Walker goes down, like, Charlotte is not a playoff team without Kimball Walker. No, they're not a playoff um, with, with him, him, right. Although, you know, I mean, and in this Howard. wacky world, right. right. Um, yeah, so, so you know, there's so many teams that, like, if they lose one good player they, for any significant amount of time, they'll be terrible. Whereas, like, the Nets, it's like, okay, right. I have an identical part here that I can slot in. Not great, and, right. and no one would actually want that player as a starter, but... You know, he's like better probably than most bench players. Right, and I think that's where issue where, where issues like meritocracy, and uh, as we get a little closer to the season when we start discussing who the starting five will be, those are are very very real questions because there is not a clear uh, starting five for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's a lot of interchangeable parts from the bench that could could be put in. Yeah, although I mean I, I, I think that I think that you you're you're right. I do think that there's more clarity on who is probably going to be starters than there is like who's the first off the bench, second off the bench. You know what I mean? Like then it's a total like I have no idea. Like right, is like, Shabazz Napier worse than Spencer Dinwiddie? I don't know. Like is Ed Davis more valuable to this team, or or is Manimal? Like I really don't know. Right. No, it'll be it'll be interesting, and uh, I don't think we're gonna have much insight into that until training camp gets into gear, and then then our preseason uh, whatnot. Yeah. So we can suspend it till then, I guess. But that brings us to yet again free agency. How's that Four Loco treating you, by the way? It is spinning me up, spinning me down. <laughs> um, yeah, that's just a lot, isn't it? Yes. Um, okay. So <laughs> we, someone put up on Reddit, on the Nets Reddit, uh, a list of people who are either going to be unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents, or have a player option in 20... next season. Yeah, 2019. 2019, 2020. Um, And Simon and I have taken it upon ourselves to go through and pick the three free agents we would most like to see on the Nets next season. We are, however... Not including people like in the tier of um, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard. I'll just I'll just say what the tier is: Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, Demarcus Cousins, Carl Anthony Towns. Those people are all, I think, unquestionably too good to be coming to the Nets. With the, exception, is, yeah, with the sorry. exception of DeMarcus Cousins, who may come back a shell of his former self, in which case he would probably just be looking to get paid um, by any team, and we could probably offer him like a long-term contract on the hope that we could, we could bring him in and, and rehabilitate him. Right. Yes. Um, 
But the rest of those guys, there's 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 such such little chance of us doing it um, that we're not gonna. I mean, because obviously you would just say Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, and pick any of the other ones, and and that would be a good team. Yes, be nice to have. Yes. Two of the three best players in the NBA come to the Nets. Yes. Uh, but there is no chance of that happening. Right. So, Simon, why don't you kick it off and let us know your three, uh, where you see them fitting in, why you see them fitting in, and uh, we'll take it from there. Okay. So, uh, long-time or even short-time listeners to uh, Maybe Next Time will know that Tobias Harris is my be-all and end-all. Um, I think, I mean, he would be the stretch four of our dreams. Um, he is not great, but solid defensively. He averages 19 plus points a game. Um, he shoots very efficiently. He's not a huge usage guy. For somebody who averages that many points, he's like in the 20 something range, like low, low 20 something. Is he at all like, um, Sean Marion? Um... Oh, he was yeah. small forward. Yeah, Sean Marion was small forward, but kind of T- Tobias Harris in a different time would have been a small forward too. I mean, he is kind. Of, I mean, he plays small forward sometimes too, but uh-huh. he's he's, six, he's more eight valuable or nine? in this. Yeah, he's probably yeah. nine, I think. But he's skin. He's not like bulky. He's, yeah, he's pretty ripped up top. But he's yeah. built. He but yes, but but in today's modern game, he's more valuable as a stretch four. Yeah. Um. But. Uh, but anyway, yes. So, so yeah, he is, um, you know, if we weren't the Nets, he would not be, like, the most coveted player you <laughs> could possibly imagine. But we are. Right. And he is. So, in, in my opinion. And then, but... I, I, I just want to say, I'm not, I'm not going to choose him because I knew you were going to select yeah. him. But uh, I... Would love Tobias Harris to be on the net. Yeah, you introduced me to Tobias. Can I tell you? There, I have a memory, a vague memory of. Remember when there was like a lot of hype about us getting Contavious Caldwell Pope, <laughs> KCP. Yes. yes, and you were and and like we watched him, and you were like, yeah. So he's like fourth best scorer on this team right, right now right, right. on that like game, and you were like Tobias Harris. <laughs> Like twenty five or whatever, like yes, Tobias Harris has always been, you know, a, he's a net killer, but he's also a legitimately good player, um, and I think pretty close behind after I've grown familiar with him over the last week is Chris Middleton, who I last week thought was a point guard, so I had no idea who he was, <laughs> um, and this week have learned that he is a twenty point scorer. He he did not shoot great from the three point line this year, but. Career-wise, is like a 39% three-point shooter. Um, he's more of like a small forward shooting guard. Um, but again, like not super high usage, really useful guy, good defensively, very mm-hmm. good defensively, and um, would just be a treat to have. And yeah. he's like overshadowed by, you know, uh, the Greek freak. Giannis. But on other teams, say like the Nets, would be in a premier He would player. be extraordinary as well. I would love to have Chris Middleton. I just looked it up. Tobias Harris is from Eastlip, mm. New York. So he'd be coming home. Oh, my That's God. That's another reason to yeah. bring him here. Um, but Chris Middleton, too, another guy I would love to see. I think Tobias Harris and um, Chris Middleton, the only caveat of them coming here, uh, I think they are looking to get paid. Yeah. Next year, and that those would be very near max contract guys. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you got your sights set on Kawhi Leonard and you get one of these, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. But immediately in the East, as it's structured now, unless something radically it changes next year, um, having Middleton and and Harris on your team is going to put you in playoff contention for sure. Can I ask you, Bill, as a D'Angelo Russell nut, would you say you'd be fine letting D'Angelo walk if you got those two players? I would love to see those three players together. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely would take Tobias Harris over D'Angelo if it were, you know, came down to a choice between those two. Chris Middleton, I don't know... Like, I, he's definitely, like, a B or C guy on a team. 
Um, not that Tobias Harris is an eight, like your your number one guy. Just ask the win loss uh, <laughs> record of the teams he's been on. Right, but um, but Middleton also has always been on. T- like, well, one he's he's injury prone. Mm, I did um, not know that. Yeah, so this is I think the the he's the most games he's ever played in a season was this year. Um, but he's one of those guys who's all, who's you can often get on the waiver wire in fantasy because he's been out for like mm, several months. Okay. Um, so he's injury prone. I'd be a little nervous about that. Uh, he's always been in the shadow, whether it's of Jabari Parker or um, Giannis. So has never really shown, but is now grumbling. I think about his role with the Bucks, which is why I. He is rumored to be a guy who's almost certainly going to leave. Interesting. Um, so wants a bigger spotlight, whether he warrants it or not. I mean, his numbers are great. Mm-hmm. He he really puts up huge numbers. Um, I I don't know. I it, so much depends on this year. Like, but you're significantly like today, lower on to, him than Tobias. Yes, I'm. I'm much lower on. He doesn't fit a need as much with the Nets. Like, I think he would be really good, and and we could get you know like try to stretch Crab or something if we got him. Um, but yeah, I don't see like two guard is not what I'm as desperate for. Like the stretch four, we just need a stretch four, um, which is why I'm much higher on Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry, and I think I cut you off. You were gonna say you. So would you take would you take those two if it meant saying goodbye to D'Angelo? Uh, I, I this is late. I, I just feel like I can't like until we see what D'Lo's like this year. Mm-hmm. Like today, in delusional D'Lo's about to have a breakout year mode. No. Okay. But um, you know. D'Lo, who misses 45 games because he has a knee injury on his other knee. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I want to, I would bet higher on, like, D'Lo maybe having a higher ceiling than Middleton um, and possibly Harris. But, uh, yeah, I think that that tune could change really quickly. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so your third guy, Simon. Oh, my third guy uh, is uh, Kristaps Porzingis, um, which... This is a sultry take. Thank you. So I think that the most likely thing from what I have read is that, that the Knicks, even with his potentially devastating injury, will just sign him to an extension anyway. But, but... The Knicks are also rumored to be in the mix of, you know, the the Jimmy Butler and, and Kyrie much thing. Spe- yeah, speaking of, like, much more sincerely rumored to be in right. the mix. Right. Like, they are, uh, they have a very high probability of getting some superstars next year. So, yeah, so to do that, they already, even if, you just forget Kristaps' Christ- uh, extension, um, they already have to make some moves yep. to, to create enough space for, for two max max players. Um, and so if, if they were to do that, it makes it very difficult for them to, to, to sign Chris Depps. Also, maybe he isn't, you know, he maybe he doesn't come back at all next year. That starts to freak out Jimmy Dolan, um, whatever. Anyway, so that's, I'm just trying to explain why I think it's, Conceivable, though unlikely, that he could he could be with another team. Even though he's a restricted free agent, even though before his injury there was zero chance that the Knicks would ever let him walk. I, right. I think. Right, and I from what I've heard is the sell and why people are so high on the prospect of the Knicks getting someone is because they think it would be possible to figure out a way to get Porzingis back and to sell whoever it is, Kyrie and Jimmy Butler, on the idea that they're coming here to play with Porzingis. Right. That's true, too. Um, That's a good... Yeah. So, uh, you know, but that said, I could also see them getting skittish because of the um, the injury. They say, we'll wait to see what you get on the RFA market. And a team like Brooklyn coming in and saying, we'll max you. Right. And um, them not being able to or willing to do that. Right. I, I, I should say just to wrap up that I think all three of the players that I've mentioned, the Nets would have to overpay and max them. Yes. I really do think that uh, if they even have any chance. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
So, what does the lineup with those three additions look like next year? With those three? Well, first of all, I should be... F- I don't think it's possible to max all three of them in, <laughs> in half enough space. Sure. Um, but this is Fantasyland. But, right, in Fantasyland, that lineup is, the, I would say, at least second in the East. So we have those three guys, and who else remains in the starting five? I mean, who cares? Like, let's D'A- even D'Angelo? say D'Angelo's gone. Okay. Just so to you be slightly more realistic. Shabazz Napier. Shabazz Napier. Maybe you have D... Uh, D uh, sorry, not... Um, Dinwiddie. Uh, Dinwiddie. You have uh, Jump and Joe. Jump, jump. You have... Uh, probably you will have had to get rid of Crab, which is fine. Um, and you have... Uh, um, we have Jarrett. Jarrett's very cheap. I don't think Jarrett's no, going anywhere. Jarrett's not. We're not getting rid of Jarrett. Um, and Karras is pretty cheap. And all of a sudden, there's you know some room at the two and and right. and one. Can uh, I ask you a yeah. question? Where does um, Zion Williamson fit into that starting lineup? He. <laughs> He anywhere uh, he pleases. anywhere he wants. I would love to have him. I mean, I guess what? Yeah, what do you? I I see him as kind of like a if he can shoot the three pointer. I kind of see him as a bully three. Yeah, he's a three, like a really sure. tough three yeah. who gets a ton of rebounds. He's like a LeBron a James. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, slot him in one through four point five. Yeah, he's just a little short to be a four. He's like six seven. He's now. built like a. Yeah, yeah, and maybe like yeah, six like six. He's listed yeah, as six yeah. six, but I think he's growing. Okay, but yeah, you've, you've been reading the Duke newsletter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean he is he just the way he rebounds. Would like, you would you rather have mm-hmm. uh, take Porzingis out of it? Mm-hmm. Would you rather have Tobias Harris and um, Chris Middleton mm-hmm. or Zion Williamson? Zion Williamson. Yeah. I mean, that's a, such a much more exciting. Maybe maybe we have this like. Um, warped view because we've seen what Philadelphia has done. Mm-hmm. But I just think that if you can build a team that way as opposed to overpaying right. um, high, mediocre to like, you know, pretty good. Let's say right. pretty good players. But you're paying them way more than they are worth versus paying Zion Williamson to to eat up you know, to 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 grow in four years sure. on a very cheap contract. Right. You have Zion Williamson for cheap. You you'd still have Jared Allen for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd be you'd be looking. Uh, you'd have you'd have Musa, who's mm-hmm. going to come around as one of the great Bosnian NBA players of I, all time. I was I was uh, involuntarily nodding at you, like unthinkingly nodding at you, and I got myself. <laughs> but yes, sure. Um, anyway, I. Uh, I am by no means an expert on high school or college basketball right. players, yeah. nor <laughs> NBA basketball players, but definitely not uh, the former two. And um, seeing what he did on Duke's tour through Canada was a revelation. That guy, like, the whole offense is just, like, go and throw the ball somewhere in the air near the hoop, and Zion Williamson will find it over everyone and dunk it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was was extraordinary. If Jared Allen had a tenth of the intensity for rebounds that Zion Williams... Yeah, well, I bet you Jared Allen weighs less than Zion Williams. Oh, definitely. I mean, Zion Williams is 285. Yeah. (laughs) Jared is, like, 220 or something. Jared Allen's quite thin, yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely Zion. That's an easy choice. Okay. So that would require a bit of tanking. It would, and it would require a lot of luck, because even the, even the number one team is like 14%. But isn't there some Canadian kid who everyone's saying might go above him? I don't know him? anything about him, but maybe. Have you heard about no. this person whose name I couldn't tell you? Okay. <laughs> There's supposed to be another guy who might go above Zion Williamson. Hmm. Which is frankly astounding. I know, sight unseen. I'll take Zion. Yeah, absolutely. Having no idea absolutely. what this person. I is. would love <laughs> nothing more than to spend the next fifteen years rooting for Zion <laughs> Williamson to bring a championship to Barclays Center. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to go through my three. Great selection. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I took Tobias <laughs> and and Chris Middleton. Yeah. I think. Honestly, of all six people that we're talking about, are the two um, 
that seem the most plausible to me that the Nets could get. Mm-hmm. Uh, of all these guys who are who are like have that are really good and that we could potentially get, yeah. those two would would be on in my. I would give the highest odds to those two. Um, so I'm gonna go through mine and I'm gonna start with my four because we need a four. Uh, and he's going to be a guy we've talked about a bunch of times, and, and quite frankly, I'm not that enthusiastic about. But uh, anyway, it's going to be my four, Julius Randle. Okay. So next year is a player option. He signed for way right. under what he probably will get offered next year, which is why he did a two with a with a you know player option after the mm-hmm. first year. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can develop a little range, get a little stretchier, uh, I think he could be great. And I've said this a million times on the cast. I think of all the guys on this list that we could conceivably get, he's the second best after Tobias Harris um, stretch four that we could get. Interesting. On this list. Okay. Uh Trey Lyles would be another guy who's a stretch four, but he's like I feel like a, a tier below either of the guys we're talking about. Okay. Um, next guy I would go for who would be a, a restricted free agent is the Miami Heat's Justice Winslow. Hmm. Um, he is a defensive beast. And his offensive game, which was the thing people were skeptical of, uh, began to come around a little bit last year, including his shooting. Uh, percentages up, efficiency up, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he has a really high ceiling because he is another really big... Uh, he plays small forward but could easily probably move into a stretch four um, but would play well, uh, you know, um, for the Nets, I think. Would be a really like... He's like a, a strong Damari Carroll or a much bigger Damari yeah, yeah. Carroll. Um, and much, 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 much more athletic. Um, again, not a guy that I think we should try to give a max to. I would be more excited about either of the two um, that you you picked, other than Porzingis. Um, but he's good. And I think that he's finally starting to, to reach the potential that everyone, when he was drafted, sort of saw in him. Do you know what Miami's situation is next year, cap-wise, or what they're trying to do or anything? Or any- they are apparently in a horrible position. They have a bunch of really bad contracts, including Tyler Johnson, right. which we saddled them with. Right. Um, uh, Kelly Olynyk. Oh, yeah. Is a big way... Uh, giant overpay. Right. Um, I think Goran Dragic has a player option, so they're going to have to keep paying him a lot if he opts in, which I imagine he probably will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be not a good situation. Not good. Interesting. Miami is just not – I don't understand how they're, they, they're making the playoffs, mm-hmm. but uh, they're not a very well good coached, team. Bill. They're well coached. Old <laughs> Spolstra. Yeah. And the final guy, and this is, so I'd say Justice and, and Julius, I would, you know, they'd be exciting additions to the Nets. They'd certainly be starters um, and make our team substantially better. Justice Winslow, I think, is, is a, probably a really good PM guy, uh, though I don't have any of those numbers in front of me. Um, but my last guy, this is where Scandal creeps into my list. He is going to be an unrestricted free agent, and he plays the point guard position, Simon. And you've mentioned him in this podcast. Really? Kimba Walker. So, walk with me here. Yeah. Um, We, D'Angelo either suffers a few injuries or... Uh, has an overall disappointing year. He he fails to make the leap that we all so confidently claim he is about to make. We decide we're going to let him see what he can fetch on the on the free on the RFA market. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't sign him. We have already flipped Dinwiddie, who has another 
you know, month and a half long spell where he looks really good. It takes maybe takes a starting spot because D'Angelo's down with an injury. We flip him at the All Star break. So right now we're work, we're functioning basically with an injured D'Angelo, Shabazz Napier, and Karis LeVert as our point guards. So we're going into next year, and we just need a a you know team point guard, a guy that's going to lead us in the future. Kimber Walker's that guy. I'd be happy to throw a boatload of money at that guy. Um, he's really good. He's had a horrible contract his whole career, so I think he's looking to get paid. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, he's going to get a max. He's going to get a max. And he deserves it. I mean, he's been an all-star. Uh, he is legitimately very good. I think the whole thing in Charlotte has been sort of a disaster the last couple of years. Yeah. But um, For sure. He plays for the, an owner who is... A psychopath who's also very cheap. Yep. And uh, Michael Jordan's there. Yeah. Um, That's who I'm referring to, yeah. Sorry, is he the I owner? I didn't mention his him by name. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize He's he like the poorest owner, owner in, in the NBA. Is he a billionaire? No. Not even close. I mean, oh. probably, you know, he's probably a hundred millionaire, but... Well, certainly a hundred millionaire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. He's broke by NBA owner standards. Right. Uh, I think that I think um, Tim Walker would be a, a super exciting guy. I think he's from Brooklyn. That's not true. He's from Manhattan somewhere or Bronx, Bronx. I think he's from the Bronx. Let's okay, so that's you know close enough, right? Yeah, he's from the Bronx. You're right. And he he's, said he's interested in there was some he's Nets small daily thing. How, how he's six <laughs> one. Mm. I mean, there was, yeah, there was something where he, he, he was like, oh, I love coming to Brooklyn. I really like Brooklyn. I think he might actually live here. I'm not sure. But, but you know, he, he said, you know, he said nice things about Brooklyn without saying he actually wanted to play here. Oh, Michael Jordan estimated net worth of $1.65 billion. Oh, Still, right. I would sorry, probably, yeah. I would imagine that's probably low, on the lower end um, since Joseph Tsai is now... Estimated anywhere from like six to eighteen billion dollars right, or right, something. Right, fluctuates a lot. Um, anyway, those would be my three guys. I would say you have a far more exciting list. Than well, I, I picked early and often. You you sure did. Uh, final thing to discuss uh-huh. is um, gossip of the week. Oh yeah, let's see if this is loud enough. It's gossip time. That, if that's not loud enough, Bill, our our listeners need to get earring aids. <laughs> um, gossip of the week: Kenneth Fareed, aka the Manimal, arrested, charged with misdemeanor criminal possession of marijuana. Kenneth, you're not in Colorado anymore, buddy. <laughs> right, which should highlight some of the absurdity of you being arrested. But yes. <laughs> Uh, tell us a little bit about it, Simon. You have a uh, more you're more connected to the police, drug, social justice scene. Oh, thanks, than, Bill. Uh, um, no, none of my thoughts are original or interesting, but I do have them. Uh, that's and, great. So he was arrested. Just to give folks the the rundown, he was arrested in the Hamptons at a sobriety checkpoint. Because allegedly the police officer smelled marijuana. He was then, um, they then allegedly discovered more than two ounces of marijuana in his possession. And he now (laughs) faces, this was based on a tweet. I actually don't know what he actually, you know, I, I, you know, folks should Google this on their own, but something like two years, which is not on. He faces two years in prison? A maximum of two years, yeah. Um, will he face that? No, I'm sure he'll get probation or something like that, but that is completely absurd. Um, so two, two things about that. One is they set a $500 bail for him, which one, that's absurd to charge someone with a, you know, a nonviolent crime who is not a flight risk. The only reason you're supposed to set bail or one the biggest reason you're supposed to set bail is that they won't make their court appearance. Mm-hmm. There's no chance he's going to like flee somewhere <laughs> right. to escape his his uh, his he's, possession he, charge. Right. He's going to hide in the gym. But secondly, he is a multimillionaire. So why are you giving him a $500 
thing at all. Like, that's not going to deter him. Right. Like, he will happily give up $500 if he does want to escape. It, it just highlights how absurd our, our bail system is. Uh, but anyway, yes. Uh, he, it, it's completely absurd that in, a, you know, having, possessing something that is legal in several states in this, in this country and in several other parts of the world could land him theoretically in, um, uh, jail for, for two years or, or at least, you know, many months. Let's just say even many months because I'm right. sure that's what he could theoretically face is right. many, many months. Uh, and uh, also, interesting that it happened in the fucking Hamptons where I'm sure he was not, you know, he was a very rare uh, yes. person of color. He's, in he stuck out. Yeah, so that's my... Uh, I thought that I thought that pot was decriminalized in New York. Not in Long Island. Not in Long Island. They're just yeah, Staten Island and Long Island are exceptions, but the rest of New York, you're good to go. Yeah. No, but what in I mean, the five Staten, boroughs? Yeah. Oh, the five yeah. boroughs. Okay. And even then, there's all sorts of things where you know if you take it out of your pocket, then it's in view and and police arrest you. Right, and I'm I'm curious to know what the NBA policy is on it because. It's completely, I mean, all of this is absurd, but just the idea that, like, two months ago, Kenneth Reed could buy it from a store yeah. and legally smoke it yeah. outside of the store. Right. And that now he is facing two years in prison. Yes. I mean, on the face of it, that is an absurdity. But, um, but how you construct league policies that try to... Uh, try to reconcile with all of the myriad laws throughout where all the 30 teams play. It's, I mean, it must be an incredibly difficult thing to construct a meaningful policy. Uh, like, is it illegal to smoke if you can legally smoke? Right. You know, of course, I mean, illegal in the NBA right. to smoke if you can legally smoke in that state. Um, I would be curious to know. So, like, is he going to get a suspension? Obviously, if he's in prison, he's not going to get a lot of run. <laughs> uh, and to be fair, I don't think that. I mean, I cannot I don't foresee think, him. Going I don't think prison. in New York State people generally go to to jail for for right. pot possession. At least not millionaires. Right. Right. Uh, one would hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you any any other gossip you know of? No. In Nets Nation, that was that's the big one. Any uh, uh, any D'Angelo and Devin Booker sightings? Or? No, I have not. You're you're on the the front uh, lines of that. Yeah, I've not I've not seen anything new on that front. I think he may have been hearing whispers from right not us but no others right. Everyone's talking about mm-hmm. it. Uh, actually, the guy I play pickup with, the Nets fan, was was talking about how close he thinks they are. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to think it. It's, no, it's an objective fact, which clear. is fine. We're close buddies. Yeah, exactly. As we said, nothing wrong with it, <laughs> but very close. All right. Um, how much of your four loco have you finished? Um, maybe half. Maybe half. That is admirable. It's a strong. It's incredibly strong, strong and it's. It's borderline undrinkably bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we might want to put it on ice after this. <laughs> anyway, this thing is gonna gonna clock in at just under an hour. So okay. well done. Sure. Um, leave us reviews on iTunes. Yep. Uh, two stars, five stars, whatever you think we warrant. No, no, okay. just the good ones. Just the good stuff. Uh, we would love a review. Um, we yeah. haven't gotten one since uh, Academims. Yeah. Ripped us a new one last week. Yeah. Uh, of ripping one. But did you fart? <laughs> that is you, Bill. I did not fart. Oh, okay, coach. Well, then it might be Coach. Yeah. Well, one of us did. <laughs> okay. uh, oh, my God. That smells horrible. It's horrible, Bill. That smells like you. No, it's not me. That smells like I your s- butt. No, it does not. Your butt. <laughs> it is not me. Uh, all right. So leave us a review on iTunes. Hit us up. Send us a mailbag. Uh, I don't know if your name's Lip Sanity or Fireman or John CBK mm-hmm. or any of the other Duvall, BK yeah, to Duvall. Yeah, BK to Duvall. Um, what was our best friend for like a um, couple weeks from Connecticut I who forget. was a Christian who I offended very... No, yeah, yeah. Not actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, he still pops up, I feel like. Yeah, I mean... 
I forget know. his name. Send us a cue. Just let us know you're out there. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. Uh, Gmail at maybenextime.com, Instagram, Twitter, etc., etc. We will go ahead and see ya next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed. And in the personal columns, this letter I read If you like